0: It's a game!
1: February 23rd just baseball show Jack McMullen, Peter Apple this marks day three of three consecutive days of negotiating for Major League Baseball the owners and the players that's great news the parking lot party is uh convening again that was a very funny photo seeing everybody converge from the parking lot going through this uh this plan of attack in there I loved it you know it was more funny The fact that they met for three
2: or four hours and that entire time I was under the assumption that they were talking, you know, MLBPA and the owners, but no, they were in their own separate rooms game planning for the negotiations. That made me visibly angry. And I understand. And I know you got to meet before you got to do whatever you got to do. But it's February 23rd. You haven't had those meetings before. You didn't know what the game plan was before entering the building. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm not reading it correctly, but that's what it seemed like to me.
1: And it made me want to punch a hole in my wall. So, spending some time in the workforce, I'm <laughs> sure you understand that you have the same meeting five times in one week, right? Yes. No, no. I'm not even yes. going to give them that. No. There yes, is no- you have the same meeting. If you work at Ernst & Young, if you work at Deloitte, if you work at Just Baseball, chances are you're having the same meeting more than once. Okay,
2: more than once is fine. How many times have they had it since we got locked out in the end of December? It is February
1: 23rd. I would like to see more foresight from them. Absolutely. We're on the same page there. That really got me upset. And I've been upset.
2: That struck a chord where I'm like,
0: "Come on."
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just with passing on this. I think I'm I'm Debbie Downer. I've been Debbie Downer for the entire time. So, yeah, I'm I'm staying under 162 uh for me and uh are you with me now? Not yet. i staying positive not yet you're ridiculous Uh, i think there's a possibility that that at
2: the end of this week we come to a very strong understanding we're not i don't think we're going to come to a deal but i think we're going to be much closer i still think we're playing 162 i'm sticking
1: with it yeah bonus pool is is what's going to hold people up it it feels like a lot of the owners and the players are making concessions on both sides with the exception of the bonus pool. Mm-hmm. Um, that number is still very different. It's what? It's 15 from the owners right now and 115 from the players. A quick subtraction. That's a $100 million difference. Yeah, you don't have to be that good at math to get that one. Can doesn't you give me a little bit of credit?
2: Doesn't it seem like that, that that's the problem that almost seems like they could get it together much quicker? Just say, all right, we'll do 50 right now. There we go. Bang. Yeah,
1: but they wouldn't do that. I know, but that. It,
2: that, that's the problem that has been holding them up for so long. And yet,
1: if both sides, listen, if both sides said split screw it to 16, 30 teams, let's go.
2: it's split against 30 teams. It's a rounding error for some of these billionaires. Like Steve Cohen probably made that this morning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing, like the the Bill Gates thing. Bill Gates, it's actually not worth his time if he drops in a $100 bill on the street to turn around and pick it up.
2: These are billionaires arguing over pennies to them.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're going to do our best Dave Dombrowski impersonation today. The Phillies are in a weird spot that I think you and I really disagree on, um, and we'll get into that disagreement. We'll workshop how this team can get better, point out the weaknesses, but also, you know, commend them and give them a round of the of applause on their strength because they've got the mvp they've got you know one of the cy young top three finishers they've got one of the more underrated pitchers in all of baseball who is still trying to figure it out uh and then you have you know the 26 year old wonderkin ranger suarez in the rotation as well but before we get to the phillies gm i like how you uh, call him the wonderkin <laughs> you don't want <laughs> era last year he was fucking disgusting it was the wonderkin i was actually going to save the wonderkin uh tab for uh, 32-year-old Eddie Adrianza that I was okay. going to d- d- sign for them. I think that's my favorite baseball He's developing. Now. He's developing. I understand. Yeah, developing ace, Eddie <laughs> yeah. Adrianza. He's developing. Um, before we do that, I've got uh, something I heard. Uh, so this morning, I actually spent uh, about 30 minutes watching this, this young, he's probably like 18 or 19 years old, like this chef, this at-home chef that's like a content creator. Eitan is his name, E-I-T-A-N. Who just deep fries everything in existence like he's just he's just a little toothpick like skinny kid that is like today we are deep frying a steak or (laughs) we're deep frying eggs or we're gonna try and deep fry cotton candy i'm like what's going on here like you don't need to deep fry everything but that's not actually the something i heard the something i heard was on this past week's 60 minutes and it's sonic attacks and the havana syndrome have you heard of any of this not even a little bit So, there's been a book written about the Havana Syndrome. Uh, The Havana Syndrome was written by Robert Bartholomew and Robert Ballow. The title of the book is Havana Syndrome, Mass Psychogenic Illness, and the Real Story Behind the Embassy Mystery and Hysteria. Sonic attacks um, are when you use, like, sonar or, like, you know, sonic waves as a weapon. You weaponize, like, microwaves to create brain damage within people there are several us government officials who have said in dc when they're walking to like their car from the capitol building or something like that that they have felt dizziness disorientation um and just foggy brain or they've been like attacked by like this chirping sound in their apartment late at night and then they see a van speed away um and then the next day they're entirely disoriented and they just feel out of it for a long time so There are rumors that U.S. government officials are being attacked by, like, sonic waves, and that's creating brain damage. And that's happened at several U.S. embassies. It's called the Havana Syndrome because it would happen at the U.S. embassy in Cuba. Um, And apparently it's happening in D.C. as well. How do I follow up on that story? How do I I, follow up on that
2: story? That is incredible. Is that where, who, who's attacking us?
1: Uh, There are rumors that it's Russia, um, who, by the way, sucks that they're on the precipice of taking over Kiev in the Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, didn't want to get political here, but how crazy is that? We're in 2022. You can now weaponize sonic waves. Undetectable brain damage. How about that? You can attack somebody with no fingerprints, no bullet, nothing. Wow. I
2: kind of flabbergasted to be quite honest. Because yeah, I, with, with the billions and billions and billions and trillions of dollars spent on the US military, and that's not that's just us spending money on, on our military, not to count all the other countries that continuously spend billions of dollars. They're creating weapons that we can't even comprehend yet. And it's scary it's very scary also the the idea that russia will invade ukraine possible world
1: war three it's very scary yeah so bill burns our cia director you know was was pretty honest on 60 minutes and i'll i'll text you the link to the 60 minutes piece and if you could throw it in the episode description i think that'd be great so people could just go down that rabbit hole Mm -hmm. um but yeah bill burns was was pretty honest he was like you know, we're, we're not making the progress that we would have hoped to make right now in, in terms of finding people. I mean, like, they have next to no information on how this could happen. Like, the CIA is just kind of chalking this up as merely coincidence, but they said they're going to exhaust all their options and— you know, when you notice a pattern, and U.S. officials are disoriented, and they all hear like the same chirping sound, it's it's almost like the dog whistle—that high-pitched, like sonar-type sound. How often has um, this been happening? Is this recent? Has this been happening for months? Is this a? Is this? A,
2: did it happen this week? What's? I'm okay, I'm so, honestly stunned right now.
1: Yeah. So since August 2017, the world media what, has been absorbed what, in the what attack did you say on 2017? diplomats. Did you say 2017? Did you say 2017? Oh, yeah. So, this is, this is part of the description of the book. Again, the book is titled Havana Syndrome Mass Psychogenic Illness and the Real Story Behind the Embassy Mystery and Hysteria. Um, part of the description since August 2017, the world media has been absorbed in the attack on diplomats from the American and Canadian embassies in Cuba. And now it's coming to the, uh, the US in DC. So, that's kind of freaking crazy, right? They're going straight to your brain straight to your brain
2: it's like holding up it's like going to the doctor and getting a brain scan except they're just shooting that energy at you
1: and the thing is like it can come from however far away like it's it's a they're using sound waves as a weapon i feel kind of queasy right now and and we don't even know who they are (laughs)
2: We're good, you know, with the metaverse, we're going to be, you know, skiing through our computers. You know, we just put on the Oculus by Win Reality, and, you know, we're just playing the Walking Dead game and it looks so incredibly realistic. And I'm like, that's just a Listen. video game. They can put that in your mind. Did you see um, the Neuralink stuff with Elon Musk? He was asked a question during no. an interview and he just kind of puts his elbow down on the table and it probably takes him five seconds and you see his eyes just going back and forth, back and forth, just like almost as if he's reading. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, that's a weird tick. And then I I look into it more. No, it's his neural link. It's like a contact that he puts into his eye. He's live Googling answers to questions with his freaking brain.
1: It's, no, no, he's
2: not. You, look it up.
1: Not right now. I'll I'll do it later. (laughs) Neuralink. This feels like something I should look up at like 2 a.m. Neuralink. It's nuts. He's
2: trying it on himself. I'm telling you. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think that I am.
1: We're living in Black Mirror right now. Yeah. It's kind of horrifying. All right. Do we want to talk about the Phillies now? I feel like we've spent enough on like government conspiracies and and how we're headed to Doom ex machina style. Uh, Maybe we should talk about the Phillies.
2: The Philadelphia Phillies opened up the 2021 season with an 80-and-a-half win projection. Vegas had a pretty solid read on these Phillies, as they finished with an 82-and-80 record, good for second in the NL East. The offense was led by the NL MVP, Bryce Harper, who led all of baseball in WRC+, and JT Realmuto remains one of the best catchers in baseball. But besides them... Not much else was firing as they finished 20th in WRC+, 15th in OPS, and 13th in runs scored. Gene Segura was solid. Reese Hoskins played a great first base when healthy, but this team still left a lot to be desired on the offensive end. The starting pitching was slightly above average. They finished 16th in ERA and 13th in fit behind the Cy Young performance from Zach Wheeler. But it was just a weird year for the staff. Aaron Nola gave up too many home runs. But Ranger Suarez finished with a 1.36 ERA. Zach Eflin was pretty solid over 100 innings, but the addition of Kyle Gibson did more bad than good as he finished with an ERA over 5 with the Phillies. The defense and the bullpen was the thorn in their side. They finished 24th in bullpen ERA and 23rd in outs above average. The Phillies have a solid foundation, but they have a ton to do before being considered a
1: championship team. Let's make some moves to get them there. So, who were the last good relievers for the Del- for the Philadelphia Phillies? Ryan Madsen and Brad Lidge? Ian Kennedy was good for a little while. And then he finished with like a 5 ERA in Philly. I said a little while for a reason. Teensy bit. Yeah. <laughs> he
2: was uh, good for a while. David Robertson was good for a little bit.
1: A, a Teensy bit, yes. Teensy bit. Um, I want to throw out some just overarching thoughts on the Philadelphia Phillies. They've got no farm. They've got Bryson Stott, then Mick Abel, then you could throw twenty-eight other random names out there, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's that's the Phillies' top thirty. I mean, like I, you could put Peter Apple at twenty-two, and I and I think that's the Phillies' top thirty prospects. They don't have much room to maneuver financially. They have the seventh highest payroll in baseball in twenty twenty-two. Uh, they only have thirty-one million dollars in luxury tax space. I don't know if the Phillies will actually get to the luxury tax threshold, um, but They do have some flexibility after this year. They wanted to win now. This is the last year of their financial championship window, even though some of their signings didn't really work out. Didi Gregorius hasn't really worked out. He's going to make around $16 million this year. From 2022 to 2023, the Phillies shed $45 million in payroll. And then you look at the bullpen, which has been historically terrible for Philly in recent memory. They've got $13 million committed to the bullpen right now for 2022. They have 0 cents committed to the bullpen in 2023. So, you've got some room to maneuver here. I feel like they're a little bit more handcuffed than I think you think the Philadelphia Phillies are. I think that they kind of have to stand pat. If they're going to make more moves, they have to be very minor. But I think you want to get really creative with what they can do. I see a roster as currently constructed with a couple
2: of moves they can be a solid contender this year. I think they can compete with the Mets. I think where where you're talking about is that beyond this year is going to be a big problem. Because like you said, they're going to sign guys this year. I know a lot of money comes off the books, but then a lot of guys get stripped from this team. And the problem with the Phillies is that they just have not been able to draft. They've had to sign a lot of free agents, but a lot of their young guys, I mean... If we're even looking just at their team right now, Alec Bohm was their first-round pick in 2018. We'll see what we get from him. I'm, I'm excited for a bounce back from Alec Bohm, but quite honestly, a three forty two slugging last year and a three oh five OBP doesn't help. Adam Hazley. So I'm was, really, I'm really optimistic on Boehm actually, and we can I'm get too. to that. And, and we get we'll to get to and we'll get to that. But Adam Hazley was first-round pick in 2017, eighth overall he has not really performed. And then Mickey Maniak was drafted first overall in 2016. Guys like Scott Kingery haven't really developed. You know, he was a second rounder in 2015. You know, I think, I don't know if their farm is terrible. I think it's not good. But I do think, for example, Johan Rojas, I think they have some pieces that would be valued in a trade for an above average player, and I think their current twenty twenty two roster is a couple above average players away from being contenders. So
1: pick an adjective to describe the farm.
0: <laughs>
1: it's hard because I use terrible.
2: Um developing. No, I'm just kidding. That's a no. bad one. I was yes, just using a developing joke. I was using our developing joke. I think it's... I just think it's below average. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's just below average. I know that's kind of boring, but I think it's below average. I think it's probably in the... You know, when we're ranking farms, probably the 20 to 25 range.
1: Probably closer to 20. Okay, see, I think they're closer to 25. I think they're, they're 25 to 30. The White Sox have a bad farm. Yeah, they're worse. The Angels have a bad farm. They're worse. And then I think it's the Phillies. Hmm. I mean, I'd have to go through
2: each individual team. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't have an answer for you right now. I'd have to go through each individual team. It's it's not great, but they have they have some MLB players in there. For example, like the White Sox don't really. Like Bryson Stott, I think, will be an above average shortstop in this league. I think Mick Abel yeah. is a solid starting pitcher. I think Johan Rojas is a starter. So I think they have some guys, but you're right. From five down, it's not good.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm even going to push back on Rojas. I think from from three down, like I think Stott and Abel are are two good players. And then I think from there, it's just not a, it's very similarly structured to the Padres where the Padres have four that are like, yes, you could be MLB stars possibly. And then after that, it's like, Ooh, you know, are we going to remember their name in 10 years? But we'll figure it out. Uh, Let's walk through the pitching staff first, because a lot of the questions are in the field. Yes. Starting rotation can stand pat zach wheeler is an ace we have discovered that they signed him long term we didn't think that was the right move because he never really put together a full year when it happened but now we know he can throw 300 innings if he so chooses uh Aaron nola has a club option for 16 million dollars in 2023 so you've got at least two more years of nola if you choose to extend him you can i think we both think that Aaron nola can be good mm-hmm. ranger suarez is your guy He is my guy. 136 ERA. And, you know, the
2: FIP and the, you know, the XFIP, some of the expected stats, they're showing him more in the 2 8 range. But that's okay. It's still the 2 8 range. He was phenomenal last year and is a solid three and
1: should be expected to perform well next year. Kyle Gibson is in his last year, uh, underwhelming four or five. Zach Eflin is in his final year of arbitration. So he hits the open market after this year. Should be back in around mid-May. He tore his right patellar tendon in his knee. Eflin, I think, is a good five. Um, And then you've got Hans Kraus, who I think can eat innings for you. I don't think he's going to be an earth shatterer, but I think he can be good. And
2: they also have JoJo Romero, who's coming back from Tommy John, but will most likely not be ready again to start the season as he got it back in May. I agree. This is a solid starting rotation. I would say it's an above average starting rotation, and I think you could even make the argument it's one of the better starting rotations in baseball if Aaron Nola bounces back like I think we expect him to do so. He had a 4.63 ERA last year. You know, he was still striking guys out, he was limiting the walks, but it was clear that his command within the zone wasn't his best. You know, there's a difference between control and command. He had plenty of control. He was throwing plenty of strikes. It's just a lot of those strikes were right down the middle. And that's not just from us watching Aaronola. That's also an, a sentiment said by JT Romuto, the catcher, as well. He said Aaronola is just throwing it a lot down the middle. If we can get him to paint the corners like we're used to doing, that's when Aaronola back because he still's got four four pitches. Like he's a great pitcher. And that was illustrated by a three three seven FIP compared to that four six three ERA. Do we think he's gonna bounce back next year? Yes. It's just how great of a year does he have next year? Is he still a guy with an ERA in the fours? Let's see how many guys, you know, hit some home runs off him because he averaged more home runs per nine than
1: basically any starter on the Phillies. Yeah, a little bit more background on what's coming down the pipeline. JoJo Romero, you mentioned Tommy John guy. He is expected back around the All-Star break. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew Painter was their first-round pick this year at a high school. High school arm in 2021. That means about a 2025 ETA. Blows cheese. And then then Francisco Morales started two games with Lehigh Valley uh, in AAA last year. Morales can't throw strikes some days. Uh, but Mm. he's got fun stuff and he can spin it like crazy. The fastball slider combo can be good at the back of a rotation if he learns not to walk everybody in sight. Uh, So he's got to start in AAA, but if somebody goes down, um, fingers crossed they don't, Morales might be the first guy up. I like it.
2: But And, you know, Hans Cross will eat innings this year. They have enough arms, um, especially if Eflin comes back. He's a solid pitcher. He really is. And when healthy... Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Eflin, and then Gibson. Gibson. It's one of the better starting rotations in baseball.
1: Yeah, for sure in the National League. Um, bullpen, they just signed their closer for this year. Corey Kniebel to approve it deal. One year, 10. Canable um, had the idea that like he might want to hop back into a rotation, but Dave Dombrowski was like, we think he could be the closer. Um, Because he was opening games last year,
2: and he did pretty well at it. But he should be a a reliever. I mean, he was very good last year for the Dodgers. It was a very good signing, and they needed him badly.
1: Yeah, and then after that, I see absolutely nothing. Jose Alvarado throws gas, yeah, but he is so unreliable. Phillies fans know that, that he is so unreliable. Connor Brockton, Sam Coonrod, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Bailey Falter, they all suck. You
2: know, Jose Alvarado walked 47 guys in 55 innings last year.
1: Uh Uh-huh. That is horrific. But throws gas, so. It throws gas. Uh, So here's what I want to do. Before we move on to the hitters, I just want to throw out a a shit ton of relievers that I think can be good. as like one year signing for like sub $10 million. They need a lot of those guys, yes.
2: And they have to be cheap because we need to sign some outfielders. Uh, You know, we'll get into the hitting conversation. We need to sign. We need to trade. We need to do a lot with the offense. So, we're not going to throw at you the Ryan Taperez of the world. You know, no. We they need like a guy who's worth seven or eight million dollars, and they need like three of them.
1: Not even that. Like it, it might be like yeah. one year, three yeah. million dollars. Yeah, something Four. like that. Yes, exactly. So uh, let's start. We could possibly re sign Ian Kennedy. Not, not opposed. Oh, wait. Not, not, not opposed. Uh,. Not, not opposed means you are opposed. I know. Not, not, not opposed means you are not opposed. Not opposed. Okay. Uh, Oliver Drake. He's technically a pitcher. Yeah, funky delivery. Yeah. Deception. Okay, Oliver Drake. How about Dellen Batansis Try and wring the towel dry. He, he just... He's
2: an injury waiting to happen every single he, season. Stuff and is he frustrated real. the hell out of you. Yeah, I mean, just the walks, the walks, the walks. He seems like a guy. As soon as he puts on Phillies red, he's going to be terrible. That just that just doesn't seem like a fit. <laughs> like don't, 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 doesn't that seem like the worst possible fit for a guy like Dylan Batanzas, the Philadelphia Phillies?
1: <sighs> I mean, yeah, but like also. He just feels like he could sign a one-year, one-and-a-half-million-dollar deal to yeah. see if he still has it. And that's still a name. He'll sell tickets. Yeah. Well, and he's 6'8". He's 6'8". No, listen, a seventh-inning guy will not sell tickets. Promise. I don't know. Sometimes with the Yankees. You know, he's he's fun to watch. But, yeah, I agree.
2: I You know, Dumpetanzas, if you could get him for one-and-a-half-million, good signing. Yeah. Hansel Robles. You know. No, he's good. He was good for the Red Sox. He's good. Yeah, that's a I'm literally solid one
1: too. Just, yeah. I'm throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah. Hansel Robles is probably the best option you've given so far. Maybe Ian uh, Kennedy. How about Jimmy Cordero, who sits 98 with his fastball? Yeah, he throws hard. Yeah, I mean, these guys are... Sure. And then Chaz Rowe. Chaz Rowe's got a great
2: slider. I like Chaz Rowe. I think... Let's narrow it down. Chaz Rowe. Let's do... Kennedy, Chaz Row and Kennedy. Okay, Chaz Rose, you know, slider.
1: Yeah, he throws a pitch for sure.
2: <laughs> it's hard to. I mean, yeah. I mean, these guys are. I mean, what do you want? Do you
1: want us to go through their fit? You want us to? I mean, these guys are. They're no. guys. They're guys. They, they're fine. Like they're guys. The Phillies need fine relievers behind Canable. Yes. They just don't need bad relievers because they have Brogdon. They have Kunrad. But outside
2: of that, I mean, they do have Yankee legend Nick Nelson, who had an eight seven nine ERA
1: last year. God, you know what Spencer Howard's ERA was when he went over to Texas? No, what was it? It was like nine seven. <laughs> Cal Poly legend Spencer Howard. I had so much hope in Spencer Howard when he was coming up. You know, he was ninety three. God, pretty solid. Yeah, but pitchability. <laughs> Love that word, pitchability. I know, it's so vague. Um, it's so, v- I'm telling you, shot making ability in basketball. Shot making mm-hmm. ability in basketball literally just means that you are good at basketball. Yeah, just basketball. Like pitchability, it means you're yeah. pitching. Right, it means you're good at pitching. <laughs> yeah. This guy has good pitchability, so he's a good pitcher? Okay. <laughs> you know who's good at pitchability? Jacob DeGrobe is pretty good pitchability. Yeah, yeah, great pitch ability. You know who else? Corbin Burns. Great pitch ability. (laughs) Shane Bieber, awesome pitch ability. Shane Bieber has real good pitch ability. Yeah, amazing pitch ability. (laughs) Um, Shot-making ability. Steph Curry, insane shot-making ability. You know who's got good shot-making ability? Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, beautiful shot-making ability. LeBron James can even, you you know, know his
2: shot-making ability.
1: You know who's got poor shot-making ability? Kwame Brown. Yeah, he, yeah. Adam Morrison. Not good shot-making ability. Morrison, now the color analyst for Gonzaga Radio Basketball Broadcast. So Adam Morrison's still around that program. How about that? They've got the magic touch there. Gonzaga doesn't really lose,
2: ever. Mark Few, greatest head coach in college basketball right now?
1: Uh, ooh, I like Jay Wright a lot. Um, it's hard but to, to argue Mark with F- what yeah. Few's doing. Yeah, I in, guess confused the guy. Also, Over in
2: Spokane, being, Washington. Or yeah, Walla Walla, Washington, as, wherever Gonzaga is. Spokane. Yeah, yeah being Spokane.
1: as anti-Chet Holmgren as I was off the jump, he's leading the West Coast Conference in three-point percentage as yeah. a seven-footer. Yeah, and Damn if it. he fills right. out, he's going to be crazy. I just don't think he'll fill out. I think he could jump and then break both of his legs. <laughs> he's a twig. Uh, let's talk about the hitters, though, for the Philadelphia Phillies. Just running through who they have now. One of the best catchers in baseball, JT Realmuto, is their starting catcher. Garrett Stubbs is his backup. Reese Hoskins is the first baseman. He is on the books for two more years. He becomes an unrestricted free agent at the end of the 2023 season. Gene Segura is going to make about $15 million this year and then has a $17 million club option next year. Johan Camargo is the backup second baseman. The shortstop, as it stands now, is Didi Gregorius, who's making fifteen million dollars this year, and then comes off the books after this season. Alec Bohm is the third baseman, and then you look in the outfield—you've got Matt Veerling, Adam Hazley, Mickey Moniak, and then oh, by the way, the MVP. Yeah, the MVP is pretty
2: good. He's got a spot next year. We'll we'll, we'll put him in the starting lineup. I let's think,
1: talk about what is. Yeah. Let's talk about what's solidified here.
2: Well, what's solidified? Gene is playing second. Reese is playing first. Harper's playing right field. JT's playing catcher. Alec Bohm is going to play third. Dee is going to play short because um, I, I assume they're going to roll him out there to start, and then they'll bring in Stott. I don't know if it's going to be after Super 2. I don't know if it's going to be after you know, a while. I don't know if it's going to be mid-season, but Didi Gregorius and Bryson Stott, I think, will be manning the shortstop position in 2022. Yes. And we could go sign a shortstop, but you talked about the cap, and they need to address the outfield over the shortstop position, especially because we do think that Stott could be an above-average regular. So I'm not. we're not going to sign Trevor Story to the Phillies. We're not going to sign Carlos Correa of the Phillies. We're not doing any of that. Maybe in Trenton Simmons, but even still not. Like they need to put their money in the most crucial spots and it's not shortstop, even though Didi wasn't that good.
1: You know what I want to sign? I want to sign another backup middle infielder. Yeah. Eddie Adrianza Sorry. or Ronald Torres? Who you want? Pick your poison. <laughs> Ronald Torres. bring him back to the Phillies, because Adrianza, <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> I love Adrianza. Come on, man. He's Ozzy nephew, I think. <laughs> you think he might not be he's sweet he's a switch hitter that wears high socks no I think he is his nephew let me just confirm uh adrianza uh, uncle Adrianza's uncle yeah. so
2: we've debated about this before are you still out on
1: Reese Hoskins no, I'm not out on Reese Hoskins. I don't think he – we talked about it in terms of, like, MLB the show overall. Like, yeah, you true. said he was, like, an 82, 83. I said he was a 79. And then MLB the show actually has him as a 79. Um, Do like, I think Reese Hoskins – yeah. I think Hoskins is the starting first baseman for the Phillies. Yes. I mean, he slugged 530 last year with 127 WRC plus in about
2: 106 games. He's still a good hitter. When healthy, you should expect 30 and 100 RBIs. Maybe not 100 RBIs, but maybe 90 RBIs. Reese Hoskins is a solid first base options. Gene Segura just continues to hit. I mean, the guy just hits. Even at 32 years old, you can plug him in next year for 15 home runs, 10 bags, hitting you between 280 to 290 with a 350 on base and a 450 slugging. He's a solid solid player and JT Ramuto remains solid. That's why I don't I view this team with a couple of moves possibly winning eighty four games because they just have a little bit of tweaks on the major league roster. And I just think where we differ is thinking that the Phillies are done for versus you know with some strategy they can be above average.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're done for. I think they're super thin. I think yeah, they've got they their thin. starting nine I think it's the starting nine, and then after that, like there's there's no power in numbers here. Uh, it's just hard one, to solve bad drafting.
2: It's hard to it solve is. bad drafting when you can never replenish the system, even with high picks. I mean, that, that 2016 draft with Mickey Monia going first overall, and then Kevin Gowdy, their second rounder, is now on the Texas Rangers. They just haven't been able to really... Stock up on the farm system, and it's hurt. Then the major league team because then they can't go out and trade for high level guys.
1: Yeah, I just want to confirm something here. Um, Eddie Adrianza is Ozzy Guillen's godson, mm. not nephew. Godson. So he wasn't his nephew, but uh, but somewhat. So now I don't want to sign him. Gion. Now I don't want to sign okay, him. Okay, so let's go get Torres. Let's go All get right, Torres. Torres. Uh, here's a quote from Dave Dombrowski at the GM meetings in November. This came from Scott Laber of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Quote, I'm not per se counting on either one of them in regards to Adam Hazley and Mickey Moniak to be on our club next year to start off. I'm Mm. not per se counting on either one of them to be on our club next year to start off. So that tells me that they are super out on the guy they underslotted as the first overall pick. I will use any opportunity To send out the PSA, never to underslot the first overall pick. If you have the first overall pick, go get the best freaking player in the draft, you idiots. Phillies didn't do that. Yes, they did
2: not do that. And I think when you're talking about underslotting, it's taking a guy who nobody has number one, taking him number one for much less money than two or three. See, that wasn't the case with the Pittsburgh Pirates when they took Henry Davis because you could make the argument that Henry Davis was the best player in the class. and they were He was just going to sign for the cheapest. And yeah. Ryan Miller and Aram were talking on the call-up, and they have Brooks Lee going number one, which you can find the full mock draft on JustBaseball.com. They did the entire first round. Brooks Lee going number one to the Baltimore Orioles. Now, Brooks Lee would technically be an underslot because Tamar Johnson and Drew Jones will most likely want more money than Brooks Lee might want. But Brooksley still might be the best overall player in the class, college bat out of San Luis Obispo, out of Cal Poly. You know, those are two high school bats. So it, in, in this case, it's taking the a, a, definitely a worse player to spend less money rather than you can still underslot with a, one of the best players in the class. So I agree with you. Just terrible. Why would you do
1: it? Terrible. I, I don't know, because the Phillies don't know how to draft, and they haven't known how to draft Yeah, for a and that's while.
2: just a fact. Like, that's not even us just being haters. It's, it's in the numbers. They aren't drafting. We've gone through a lot of their first-rounders. They are not producing big league talent.
1: Yeah. Can we also say that they need a DH now? Because that's been made very clear that after the new CBA is agreed upon, there's going to be a DH in the National League.
2: I do think Veerling can play there. I mean... In his short stint in 2021, I know it was only 77 plate appearances, but he did hit 324, 364 OBP with a 479 slugging. I think you give him a chance. Um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't definitely consider a Nelson Cruz who's currently a free agent right now, but I think you just give Veerling the shot because he hasn't proved that he's terrible. I mean, he's not, he's not Adam Hazley slugging 238 hitting 190, or Mickey Moniak hitting o ninety one with a 182 slugging.
1: You he, he should at least give him a shot, I think. What do you think a contract for Nelson Cruz looks like? I don't really know. I mean, what Con, we can. Con, he's 40. Pro, he still 40.
2: bangs. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like. With Nelson Cruz, it's not a guy that you even revert back to his age because Nelson Cruz will stop playing well when Nelson Cruz decides to. And Ryan Finkelstein wrote a great article about it on JustBaseball.com, basically making the free agency profile for Nelson Cruz. And in his article, you know since 20, I'm just reading straight off the article since 2015, Nelson Cruz has made between 12 to 15 million per season. Cruz signed a one year deal, 13 million to remain with the twins. It's probably, and then he says another one year deal worth North of 10 million in the 12 to 15 range. So let's say he's going to sign a one year, $12 million deal. According to Ryan Fickelstein.
1: Yeah. Okay. One year, 12 that allows you about $15 million in tax base to work with to fill out everybody else. Is that who we want to sign, though, for them? No. No, yeah, it's not. No, it's Shall not. we look for cheaper options? We shall. Uh, DH option, I think, is on the roster here because I think Stott is going to be up immediately. Mm. Um, if Stott's the shortstop, I think Didi Gregorius could be a DH. I agree. I think it's solid. Yeah.
2: I right. mess with that. Because Stott, so. Stott can hit, and DD can hit. It's just DD is not
1: good defensively at shortstop. He could be a solid DH. Another option? Can I throw somebody out two years for dirt cheap? Sure. Daniel Vogelbach.
2: Fun. Ed actually probably would Fun. perform decently well. I, Dan and Vogelbach I, is not a bad addition. But I and think a chunk. But I think what we should do is address the outfield even before we address the DH situation because we have a yeah. trade and a possible signing.
1: So, do you want to kick it off with the trade? Um, you go ahead and do the trade. And then I've got a laundry list of guys we get signed. Okay.
2: So, I think that the Phillies should go get Kevin Kiermaier from the Tampa Bay Rays. That was brought to us by Aram. He thinks it's a perfect fit. And we were proposing in our group chat, Johan Rojas and Casey Martin. Now, Johan Rojas, the speedy outfielder, Casey Martin, the shortstop prospect, sent him over for Kevin Kiermeyer. Kevin Kiermaier is a bit expensive, so he won't require a lot of prospect capital in return. Um, Johan Rojas did... Really well in High A in a short stint over there is an exciting prospect. Casey Martin, 601 OPS last year, not so much, but he's just another filler prospect shortstop. Maybe someone the Rays can turn around a little bit. I think that's a solid trade. Get a center fielder. Also, Phillies defense. We talked about it. The defense is not good, and Kiermaier is one of the best defensive center fielders still in baseball. I think that's a trade that they should definitely make, and Kevin Kiermaier is currently available. I think that's an easy one that the Phillies should be on as soon as the lockout is over.
1: Yeah, so really good collaboration from from the folks at Just Baseball. It was uh, in in a big group text with you know like yeah. twenty people that that work with us, and hey, we were just workshopping all that. And yeah, I I threw the names Rojas and Casey Morton out there um, just because I was looking for exciting and then high floor. Um, oh, you proposed that? My bad. I thought I thought Arm proposed those two prospects. No. My no, bad. no I was going to give I you credit. Rojas. I thought Arm did it. <laughs> All good, man. Uh, Real G's <laughs> move in silence like lasagna. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I said, okay, have the excitement here with Rojas. Have, you know, the higher floor with Casey Martin. A lot less sex appeal in mm-hmm. terms of what he can do. Um but I don't think he's going to be a flub. Like, I think Casey Martin can be could be a big league a utility guy at the big league level right like an average utility guy um that's a nice security blanket to have for somebody who could turn into a starting center fielder in mm-hmm. Johan Rojas so I think you can do that for for an expensive deal in Kiermaier and Tampa obviously likes not spending money on really good players because that's just what they do yep I agree so, so right now instead of
2: you know Hazley or Moniak right now we have Kevin Kiermaier in center and Bryce Harper and Wright. Now all we got to do is attack left field. And right now, so we've signed two relievers. How much money have we spent on these
1: relievers? Uh, uh Ian we've Kennedy probably we spent Ian five Kennedy million we spent dollars? 4 mil. I was going to okay. say 4. And then four. Chaz Rowe we spent
2: another three. 4. 3 Okay. All right, let's say we spent 8 million on those two. Okay. Fair. Okay. Uh, so now right now we have around million. 23-ish million. million to work with. Yeah, 23. 21, 23 million to work with. So let's call it twenty two, <laughs> and we're gonna have to pay Kiermaier's salary, but let's say Tampa pays for some of that because screw you, Tampa, pay for some of it. I don't think they will though.
1: Screw them though. They should for us. For Dave, I don't think they will though. Do it for Dave. Uh, but let's just say that knocks you down to to ten million bucks available. Okay, handcuffs us. Yeah, they've been handcuffed from the jump, but, you know, we're getting more handcuffed now. Here are some names I want to throw out for you. Okay. Do you think you could get Jock Peterson for less than $10 million annually? I don't think so. Can I throw a name at you? Yeah. Kevin Pillar.
2: He will be cheaper than $10 million. He's also a good defender in left
1: field and also just a grinder. I feel like he'd be a good Philly. I feel like yeah, Philly would also could, love him. He could be a good Philly. Aaron Rowan vibes, right? Aaron Rowan was good beloved comp. in Philly. Good comp. Thanks. Yeah. Um, another name I want to throw at you, because Pilar is certainly less than $10 million. Pilar could mm-hmm. work there. Um, so I'd say he's above Jock Peterson. How about Jorge Soler? How much money is he going to make? That's what I don't know. I don't know Jorge
2: Soler's market value. Is he? Did he really gain a lot? Did he garner a two, three-year deal possibly? I mean, this was a guy who hit 48 home runs in 2019. And he was on the biggest stage hitting home runs. His market might be a little bit higher than we think. I don't know if Solaire is an option if the Phillies don't want to go over the luxury tax. If they do, I think he's a great fit. But with
1: what we've done, I don't know if they have the money to do it. Can we shoot down... Schwarber and Conforto, Phillies fans. I'm sorry, you are priced out of those two guys. It depends. It depends if they go get Kevin
2: Kiermaier. Because if if they decide, all right, we don't want to do with Kevin Kiermaier, we're gonna roll out Hazley or Moniak as one of our outfielders. Then you could say, all right, we'll get Schwarber and Conforto, and I think they could do that. It's just, would you rather Moniak and Hazley? or that combination with a Schwarber and Conforto, or would you prefer Kevin Kiermaier and Kevin Pillar? I think I'd I think prefer... the answer is the Kevins. I agree. I think it's the Kevins. I think that's smarter, and I think it's a more balanced and a better defensive team, because Moniak has improved. he can play center. I'm not confident that Hazley over 162 is going to be able to play center. Conf- I mean, Conforto and Schwarber aren't going to play center, and neither is Bryce Harper. I mean, you could possibly move Harper to center but you probably don't want to do that. Hell he's man. already in right, Hell, and he's not even that great of a defender in right field anyway. So that's I, that's what I think makes the all-around team better. It's a little bit sexier with Conforto or Schorber's bat in that lineup, but I'd prefer the defense in the outfield with Pilar and Kiermaier. And then you can make up for it if Reese Hoskins stay healthy, Segura, hopefully Boehm bounces back, and then you got the MVP Bryce Harper and J.T. Ramuto.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm cool with going with the Kevins, um, and you're not giving up any big league talent here, so you could have Veerling, Hazley, and Moniac as outfield options, 4, 5, and 6. And I think that's perfectly fine.
2: And I, th- I don't think Basically. you need to sign a DH either. Um, I, like your, I like your move with putting possibly Didi Gregorius at DH. Um, I just don't know if Bryson Stott's going to start the year Opening day, I think it's going to be Veerling in the DH and DD at short.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm also cool with spending $2 bucks on Vogelbach. <laughs> yeah, we, can I we mean, throw Vogelbach yeah, on this team? Yeah, you know what? Screw it. We're throwing Vogelbach on this team. Now that we
2: signed Kevin Pilar. we have that ammo. We can do that. I like Vogelbach.
1: Yeah. All
2: right. And they need uh, some lefty so, bats, too, because they don't really have any lefty bats outside of
1: Harper and Didi. I think we I mean, constructed Kiermaier, well. Kiermaier would be a lefty. Yeah. Bat. I think we did a good job. Okay, so running through the team right now, starting rotation, Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Eflin when he comes back, which is probably late May. Uh, Kyle Gibson is the five, Hans Kraus as the six. Pretty solid. Your, your bullpen, Kniebel, we just added Ian Kennedy again, and Chaz Rowe. And then Jose Alvarado, Connor Bragdon, Sam Coonrod, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Bailey Falter. It it falls off a cliff. That's still not very good. But what can you do? We're going to try. Yeah, yeah. You, you're handcuffed there.
2: Um, Maybe could we sign another? Able. If we sign
1: Pilar to, how much
2: money do we got? We got a million left. Should we sign? We have zero dollars. <laughs> we have zero dollars left. We have eight bucks. What about me? I'll throw. Uh, I'll throw for eight, eight bucks. bucks.
1: Yeah. I, you know what? <laughs> you you know can what? Pay me an experience. You, I yeah. could do an unpaid I'll do internship, an internship as a Phillies bullpen guy. Yeah. I'm in.
2: <laughs> Imagine looking over a guy's resume, and he's just like, oh, you know, he worked in sales. You know, he worked in uh accounting. Oh, you were – you pitched a season for the Phillies? <laughs> yeah. Un- unpaid internship. Pit- b- pitching intern. <laughs> for,
1: for your age 25 season, what happened after that? Uh, You know, I was actually one of the best relievers in their pen. <laughs> yeah, I had an 83 ERA. Um who would they want more though? Would they want the the righty submariner or would they want the look from the left side? Honestly, I think they might want you more. Yeah, they, they
2: got, got a lot of righties. They got a lot
1: of righties. I think they would want you more. Yeah. I'll, should I'll... I tell them that I should I tell them that I totally fucked my knee up walking the other day? <laughs> They'll probably like that. Yeah, they might like that actually.
2: Like, oh, you're <laughs> injured also.
1: Yeah, I'll tell him that I wear one of those like <laughs> copper fit compression sleeves on my knee while I while I run. And you wear uh, <laughs> what are those frickin', um baseball necklaces? Oh, fightin' uh, fightin' the fightin' necklace.
2: <laughs> those work. I mean, you've never seen a top prospect
1: without a fightin' necklace on. Uh, Curtis Granderson, he was the guy with the fightin' necklaces. And look how good he that was turned a poster out. Poster boy. Without the fightin', where is he now? Not
2: playing anymore. He's Mickey Moniak? Is he Mickey Moniak?
1: I don't think so. Um, all right. So the bullpen, not great, but uh, yeah, I'll be an we unpaid did our best. intern bullpen piece. Yeah, we did our best. Catcher JT Realmuto with Garrett Stubbs as the backup. At first, we got Hoskins with Vogelbach as the first as the uh, backup first baseman. Second, Segura and Camargo. Short Stott and Gregorius. Stott up in a couple of weeks. Uh, Bohm is the third baseman. You got Camargo as the backup there as well. In right, Bryce Harper. In left, Kevin Pillar. In center, we just traded for Kevin Kiermaier. You've got Matt Vierling as the fourth outfielder. And then Adam Hazley and Mickey Moniak is 5A, 5B in the mm-hmm. outfield. DH could be anybody. Vogelback, Gregorius, whoever you're feeling on that day. Vierling, whoever you're feeling. I... That team wins 85 games. Is, yeah... Maybe yeah. more. Mm, the more. Nationals
2: are not going to win a lot of games this year. The Nationals could win fifty-five, sixty games next year. Far off from their, you know, win total of twenty twenty-one. Um, I think the Mets will be better. You know, if the Braves lose Freddie, I still think the Braves are going to be elite. But losing Freddie will not help them. Um I think this is I mean for example like this roster or the Brewers because it's really like that's where we're at. It's a pretty solid roster with what we've done so far. The Brewers are better right now, World but what we've done right now is better than I think the Brewers are. And I think you can make the argument it's rivaling the Cardinals.
1: It's not rival. Oh, God. Dude, they have way like,
2: better starting pitching than the Cardinals yeah, do. Yeah, they do. And this God, offense, this if we guy. add Kiermaier and pilar this offense is not that far off from what the Cardinals are. I mean, the Cardinals would still have a better offense, I think. But.
1: You need Stott to work out. and You need and like, Stott
2: to work out. And you need Boehm to bounce back. You need Boehm to bounce back.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing about Stott. Because Alec Bohm um,
2: cannot be another failure. He cannot. No. Because then you're missing every be. year.
1: I think Bohm's going to be good. I think he's going to bounce I do track. too. I do too. Here's the thing about Stott. Uh, you know, Aram is very selective on the prospects that he attaches himself to. He really is. Um, Luis Matos is a guy that he has attached himself to. But Bryson Stott's the guy that he is most attached to right now. He thinks he's going to be a really good shortstop at the big league level. And I trust Arum. Arum's been pretty right.
2: And You wouldn't be business partners with Arum if you didn't trust him, by the way. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I trust that man's mind. And, you know, from what I've seen from Bryson Stott, not as much as Arum, but, I mean, the guy's got a good swing. He can pick it over there at shortstop. He's been raking lately. I just don't remember the last great Phillies prospect. Uh, I don't know (laughs) either. Mickey (laughs) Moniak. Was Aaron Nola drafted by this team?
1: Yeah. At LSU, really good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he was... Was he their last good first-round pick back in 2014?
1: I'll tell you right now. Phillies. Yeah, Let's walk through their first-round picks.
2: I'm going... I'm looking like... God, Scott Kingery sucking.
1: Screw Kingery reasons. sucking was a blow to the dick. Blow to um, the dick. <laughs> working backwards, Andrew Painter, Mick Abel, who we think is going to be good, Bryson yes. Stott, who we think is going to be really good. Yeah, they've Alec actually Blomo done pretty has a well chance to bounce back. They've done pretty yeah, well. Yeah, but like yeah. looking at that, I mean, you got Hazley, mm, Moniak, Cornelius Randolph. I don't know oh, who that is. No, that was not uh, a good pick nola jp crawford in 2013 okay. good for seattle not good for you true and then jesse biddle was the last guy they signed zach collier anthony hewitt travis darno in 2007 but he didn't do anything for you i mean they haven't drafted well since like 2002 when they took cole hamels that's horrible cole hamels ledge though Legend, yeah. Shout it's out twenty Coyle. years.
2: Also, um, I started off the pod yesterday with something about two, 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 two. You know, February twenty second, twenty twenty two. I I just thought you would have had a field day with that one because it's so weird, and you would have come up with some weird saying for two, 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 two.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, Glenn Lerner is an injury attorney in the Chicagoland area, and uh, he's the guy. <laughs> He's the guy that you always see on, on billboards in the Midwest. Uh, Lerner and Roe, he partnered. Glenn Lerner has a buddy now. Uh, but Glenn Lerner's phone number is 222-2222. So his uh, his jingle is get in touch with Glenn Lerner, like your injury attorney. Call 222-2222.
0: <laughs>
1: I knew so. you'd
2: come in with something weird. Perfect. We covered <laughs> some it. Some
1: heat. Some gas
2: how so. many teams how many games does this team win because i'm telling you where i think that they stack up i want to hear your opinion
1: yeah well knowing that major league baseball is going to play about 40 games this year no i'm kidding uh with a full 162 <laughs> The phillies go eight and four <laughs> <laughs> they in 12 the 10 games. games they played yeah in the weird expanded playoffs that are a replacement for the regular season. It's like the bubble in the NBA. <laughs> and they uh. have such a
2: shortened season. Nola gives up five hard runs, but the advanced analytics community is like, no, he had a great 2022 yeah. in his small six Small sample innings. size. Yeah, you Too didn't walk anyone in the whole game. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. If they play a full 162, 84 and 78. I think 85 and 77, or even 86 and 76. I think this is a very good team that we've done, that we've constructed. Do they make it out of the NLDS, though? Do you see a world where they are playing in the NLCS? No. I mean, well, starting pitching wins championships. If Aaron Nola can
2: be a low threes guy, if he can be an ace again, and Wheeler is back to being Zach Wheeler, and you get another great season out of Ranger Suarez— they can do some damage. I really do think that they can. And they have the MVP in Bryce Harper. They can do some things. It's just the problem is that's why they're going to absolutely need great years from all three of those guys because I don't think that the bullpen is going to be able to save them. So, But if these guys can go long into games and that offense, they have some potential here. It's not – this. Is, they will compete with the Mets for second place in this division. And – if everything goes right, we could see them in a wild card game.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I could see things going south quickly.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. This is one of the more polarizing teams that we've probably done. Probably the most polarizing. Because everything could go right, and they could be really good. Or everything could go wrong, and it would be a catastrophe. And And not just a catastrophe for this season. Because you just said the financial window is like this is kind of the last year. If it goes bad,
1: it's going to be bad for a long time. Up next, the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> I'm kidding. They suck. We're not touching them. That would be I don't a waste know what to do. Hour. No, we should no, we should just re all of the guys that they've given away. Ooh, we could create – like instead of a GM episode for the Rockies, we could just create like a super team. So like I want – I want Tulo at short, Arenado yeah. at third, Story Larry at second, Walker. Helton at first. Uh, Larry Walker's the DH in the NL yeah. now. Uh, Cargo, Charlie Blackman.
2: Cargo was so awesome.
1: Cargo was sick.
2: Cargo was sick. God, I miss him. Youbaldo Cargo is he available?
1: Like, is Cargo available? Like, maybe. He's probably the worth two like month Stretch ten. of Ubaldo Jimenez is, is oh. the ace for the Rockies. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 So there we go. What you got to plug before we go?
2: Fantasy baseball. You can catch it on Not Gambling Advice, my new podcast. First baseman, you'll see 11 through 20, ranked by Colby Olsen and I. Uh, that episode will be out now because this is Wednesday, February 23rd. Um, I'm wearing my Not Gambling Advice t-shirt. Go check that out through the link in our description. Jack is wearing a – I kind of like that hoodie-flannel combination you're wearing. Yeah, is That, that looks kind of like – you know what that looks like to me that looks like it could be a nice brand but it is costco and it still looks good jokes on you
1: motherfucker it's wrangler yeah
2: i knew it could be a nice brand as well because costco kind of kills it sometimes i have some stuff
1: from costco yeah. that's sick and costco is pretty sick yeah no wrangler uh I, looks I, I like it you know i do thanks too. i appreciate it okay.
2: thank you everybody